I wish the resources that exist now existed back in 2006. I really do. Um, but there wasn't. And so now there's so much. It's like, how do you know what the good stuff is? And like what I want to tap in today as a person with 17 years sober is very different than what I cared about at 10 years sober, very different than what I cared about at five years sober, very different than what I cared about at one year sober, right? So I just wanted this hub, this sober buzzfeed, if you would, of where all this stuff could live. And then I could sort through and decide for myself what I liked or what I didn't like. I'm Heather Venegas, and you're listening to King County Recovery Conversations, a place to celebrate recovery and help break the stigma of addiction and mental health. Hey, everyone. This is Heather, and I'm joined today by some really wonderful guests. I'm super excited um, to hear what we're going to be um, looking into today, which is uh recovery lifestyle, creating sober content, uh, women in recovery, and the amazing stories that have brought us all here to this moment sitting together. So it's my great pleasure to introduce Elise Bryson and some of her other sober curators, Tamar Medford and Kate Vitella. Thank you so much for joining me today. Elise, would you start us off by sharing a bit about your story and how you came to be known as the sober curator. Well, thank you, Heather. I would love to do that very much. Um, so I like to joke that I'm the class of 2006. I think it sounds cooler than having a sobriety date. Um, but that is my sobriety date is May 1st, 2006. So I've been doing this thing one day at a time, a few days in a row now. And when I, when I came to be sober. Uh, I have a background in media. I've worked for newspapers, magazines, TV stations. So that is my background. So I'm obsessed with content, content creation, specifically as it pertains to lifestyle content. So when I got sober back in my day, you know, this makes me sound like an old timer, but uh, back in my day, when I was on MySpace, right, <laughs> there wasn't sober MySpace, sober Facebook. In fact, thank goodness. Um, social media was just getting started and I mostly missed it. Like I, I've mostly been sober for all of social media. Thank God, Lucky. because I was a drunk dialer. I was a drunk dialer, you guys. So like I would have been a hot mess on social media, hot mess. And so, you know, back when I got sober, there was a really small section at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. That's when we still went to bookstores, um, really small section of self-help right? There weren't podcasts. There wasn't social media. Um, I think there was the grapevine through Alcoholics Anonymous. There wasn't a lot of literature, right? There wasn't a lot of content. And what we were seeing that was showing up in films and TV shows was the very stereotypical Sandra Bullock 28 Days, right? Which we all know how much I love that movie. I made a peeps diorama of it. That's how much I love that movie. Um, so I've had a front row seat of watching recovery go from being anonymous to, to being recovering out loud and, and for there being no content to being 
so much content. How do you even sift through it all? Um, and there's been a massive explosion in just the last three years since launching The Sober Curator. But I definitely, you can see an uptick right around 2015. You can see a definite start to uptick of, of recovery content coming online between podcasts and books and memoirs. And, and so... Um, as I moved through my recovery and, and once I hit like the 10 year mark, I really started to think like, man, I wish there was a website or a blog or a book or something that I could go to that would like, tell me where all the other cool sober stuff is. Cause I'm a busy gal on the go. Right. And I want to know where all the cool hip stuff is, but I don't necessarily like, I don't have the time to search and sleuth through it all. So I was trying to find a cool magazine that would tell me where all those things were. And there were some things out there, but nothing really spoke to me. Um, because the, the magazines that exist, they're very, um, they're very much targeted at people that are thinking about getting sober or maybe are even newly sober, which is fantastic. I wish that there, I wish that the resources that exist now existed back in 2006. I really do. Um, but there wasn't. And so now there's so much, it's like, how do you know what the good stuff is? And like what I want to tap in today as a person with 17 years sober is very different than what I cared about at 10 years sober, very different than what I cared about at five years sober, very different than right. what I cared about at one year sober, right? So I just wanted this hub, this sober buzzfeed, if you would, of where all this stuff could live. And then I could sort through and decide for myself what I liked or what I didn't like. Um, so that's really kind of the concept behind The Sober Curator. I'd had the idea for a year or two before the pandemic hit. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, like most people, I was doing dances on TikTok and baking banana bread. I also got like super into diamond painting. I was diamond painting like it was like going to be my new calling in life, right? Um but then I was like, it kind of hit me like, oh, this pandemic is not going to be three weeks like they told us, right? This is going to be, we're going to be here for a while. And and I really had this thought that I want to look back at this time because we got so much time back during the pandemic. We were all home. We weren't commuting. I was working from home. Um, and in a household where both my son and I were high risk, like I wanted to be able to look back and say, I use that time well. Right. I used it well. And so I had learned how to build my own website over the years that I mostly just did, not even as a blog, more so as a portfolio of all the events that I had thrown in Seattle over the years. Sometimes I would blog, but I never really fancied myself a writer. I'm more of a talker. And, um, but I had learned, I had learned enough, right? I had figured out, I had figured out WordPress. I knew a few things. So I was like, you know what? I could do this. I could figure this out. I had a little bit of extra money that I could maybe fund this project, but I knew what was going to be important is that it couldn't just be my voice and my opinion, although my opinions are pretty fabulous. But I needed it to be a lot of different people, a lot of different looks on recovery, a lot of different pathways to right. recovery. I know what's worked for me, but there's a lot of different options now. So I wanted to be able to show the variety of everything that's available and then let people pick what's best for them. 
you know that's why i never loved like the yelps of the world because it's like why am i going to read a yelp review i don't even know if i like the person writing it why would i care about what their opinion is right <laughs> you know so i really try with the sober cuter like i personally in my own writing i don't i mean i give opinions but not too much it's like here this is what i found out go figure it out like see what you like. Right. Um, so I knew I'd have to find other people to help me contribute to it. And I'm very much an attraction, not promotion gal. So I started with a couple of people. There were four of us that started. Um, and that was three years ago. And now here we are. And there's 20, I don't know. There's over 20 of us. It, it ebbs and flows. They come and they go, right? Because here's the other thing about creating content, even sober content. It's work. You guys, it doesn't like those reels don't magically just poof happen by themselves. Like there's, you've got to think about it. You've got to take the video. You got to take the pictures. You got to write, you got to edit, you got to do all these things. You got to do the SEO on the back end. So, um, anyway, I'm kind of all over the place, but that is how it came to be. We're three years old. We're based in Seattle, but we have sober curators all over the country, a couple in Canada, one in Mexico. We used to have some down in Australia. I'm not sure what happened to them. Um, but, uh, and everybody kind of, I don't set any rules or deadlines. It's like, this is your space. Create what you want. Um, just know that I'm trying to put together th through the lifestyle lens. So what does that mean? That means, of course, we have beverage uh, reviews. We have a happy every hour section that does alcohol-free recipes, mocktails, non-alcoholic wines and beers. I have a guy uh, back east in Detroit. He's done over 100 non-alcohol beer reviews, craft beer reviews. I didn't even know there were that many to choose from, right? Um, but that's been his jam. He loves to write about that. We have sober horoscopes, sober tarot card reading, sober travel, sober shopping, sober fashion. Like I put sober in front of any word. It doesn't matter, right? Because I do it all sober, right? right. So, so that is how I came to know Kate and how I came to know Tamar. Um, and so that is, I've done more than enough talking here at the front um, to give you a little bit of insight of how it came to be and kind of what we do. I just love that. I remember when it was 2020 and we were in lockdown and at King County Recovery Coalition, we were looking at like, what can we do to um, create a sense of community with our um, members, with our community in, in this area? Uh, if we can't come together and we can't meet together and we can't do recovery day at the Mariners and other events that we put on, what are we going to do? And the first thing we chose to do was a webinar, um, which is where this podcast kind of was birthed from, um, to bring people together and talk about behavioral health and recovery and have some kind of sense of connection and support for each other. And then that September for recovery month, since uh, T-Mobile was closed and there was no possibility of anything with the Mariners, we did a, what we called Discover Recovery virtual, like self-directed scavenger hunt. And, and so part of it, um, we had, you know, like our little sheet that you would get with all the different things you could do and the points. And we had different activities, some were online, some were out like you know, post a pro recovery message somewhere, go do an act of kindness. Um, and we had an area where we compiled um, 
books and movies and TV shows and music and content that was all about recovery. And so some of the, the spaces on the scavenger hunt were doing things like, you know, reading a book about recovery or creating a recovery playlist. And we got the King County Library System to partner with us. And so they shared our um, scavenger hunt and um, did a blog post about recovery month and put it out on their website. It had um, other ways of reaching their community who of course couldn't come to the library. And it was wonderful. It was like a way that people could participate in their own um, kind of celebration and feel connected and yet, you know, be safe. But what I, what I remember is like just, dipping our toe into all that content and realizing, oh my God, it's endless. There's so many movies and there's so many TV shows. And, and yet looking for ones, especially that had more of a positive, empowering message and um, weren't just like continuing the stigma was really important to us. So we had things like the anonymous people and, and stuff like that. So I stumbled across Elise's sober curator shortly thereafter and was like, brilliant, amazing. Somebody is like taking this on. Um, so thank you so much, Elise and, um, Tamar and Kate, I'd love to hear, um, about your coming together with Elise in this venture and, and what you individually um, are called to contribute. You want me? I guess I'll kick it off. Sure. Um, Go girl. Heather, Elise, <laughs> thank you so much for having me here. Uh, you know, I'm class of 2012. And so I still look at myself as fairly a newbie because, you know, the more, the longer I stay sober, the real I, I the more I realize that I don't know a lot. Um, and so actually I started podcasting back in 2019 as a result of kind of getting complacent and so getting into this world, my podcast coach, actually, when the pandemic hit, said, Tamar, you can't travel right now and work on your health on the road. So why don't you focus on your sobriety? Because that is your area of expertise, even though I, I didn't think it was. And I'm like, well, what? why does my story matter? And he said, you know, you didn't go to treatment. You weren't in jail. And a lot, I bet you a lot of people can actually relate to that as yeah. well. I, there's a lot of people that are struggling that didn't you know, hit that type of a bottom. And so I pivoted with the podcast and I thought, you know, I'm going to do this, um, uh, recovery, um, what is it called summit? And I wanted to focus on beyond recovery because there's a lot of people focusing on the early days of sobriety, how right. to get sober. Mm -hmm. But as we all know, so many people drop off after the five mm -hmm. to 10 year mark because they're either not having fun or life just gets overwhelming and they end up relapsing. And I wanted to make a difference in that area. And so uh, I, we had a mutual friend that actually introduced us and said, Tamar, you got to meet Elise. Like she's got to be a part of your summit. And I remember the first time we talked, we probably talked for about two hours and we had decided we're going to go do a reel about the Goonies because we love the Goonies. And, you know, <laughs> I just felt like we were so connected the first time we spoke, like she was like my sister and, you know, it's the rest is history. I mean, after that, she said, hey, how would you like to be a sober curator? Uh, because I had asked her about the sober curator. And so I think that that just both of what we were doing, I was focusing on more of that beyond recovery and, you know, how to have fun in recovery. And she was getting the lifestyle out there. I just I loved that idea. I think it's so cool. And more people need to know, like, 
you can have a super fun life sober and you remember everything, which is the best part, right? So, um, you know, and with working with Elise, everything has evolved in my own journey too. And, you know, to the point we've rebranded our podcast a few times and now we teach people how to laugh without liquor. So that's kind of the short of how I met Elise. And I'm, I'm so grateful that we did meet because it just helps enhance my own journey. So Tamar, what is your, um, what types of content do you contribute, um, to the sober curator being in the, um, British Columbia area? Do you have any topics or things that you especially like to share? Yeah, I, so I realized that I could actually do coaching when I got sober and I thought I'd love to make a difference in helping women find their purpose because I realized that I was capable of so much more than I thought. And so, (laughs) you know, the, the podcast went from you're sober now what being, okay, that's great. You've gotten sober, but now what are you going to do with it to laughing without liquor? And my goal is really to help women discover what they're capable of and have a clear vision for their future that it is possible that they can change their lives drastically and laugh, you know, while they're doing it because they're, I mean, life as we know, doesn't get easier when you get sober because you feel every bit of it. But even through the hardest times, I want, you know, the people that I work with to understand that we can still laugh. We can still see the good and everything, the light when it's dark kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's, you know, I, I focus on kind of that journey beyond recovery mm-hmm. and how to find your purpose. And uh, so that's the the stuff that I really like to talk about. And I do that by sharing my own journey through it because we yes. never stop growing. And, you know, right now it's the food and I can compare that to the early days of sobriety. Right. And I can talk to that in real time. And I think it, it just makes it more relatable. Absolutely. What a wonderful, wonderful gift and offering for women. How about you, Kate? Yeah. Uh, Well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm Kate. And I thought Elise was my sister from the very beginning and my best friend. So now I'm a little (laughs) bit um, upset that, you know, maybe she's like that with everyone. But um, I connected with Elise through uh, social media um, and I think Instagram, yeah, yeah, Instagram, it was probably around 2020 when we connected. My sober date is uh, 2 10 18. So compared to these gals, I am like, it's my first day of school. You know, uh, I've been sober <laughs> about five and a half years at this point. So it's really cool to be around other people with so much time. And yeah, so I connected with Elise and then I thought she was going to ask to feature me on her sober spotlight where she interviews people and asks about their recovery journey. And I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to be in this magazine. And then she said, well, why don't you just contribute to the magazine? Like what, what would you want to write about? And what, what, and I was thinking curator and I was thinking art and what was I creative at and what was I artistic at? And so I was kind of panicked and I was thinking, oh, I don't know. I'm not very artistic. I, I, all I really know about is fashion. And she was like, great, you're writing about fashion. We have a fashion column. And so I am a nurse and this was an amazing outlet for me 
to completely shift gears and write about something that isn't my day to day. And so I think starting in 2020 for uh, a, a little over a year, maybe I wrote about fashion. I wrote the column Walk Your Talk. And that was about how um, our dress on the outside can relate to the changes we're going through on the inside and how we can um, sort of discover ourselves through fashion and become who we are uh, in sobriety and experiment with different looks and styles. And oh my gosh, I had such a blast writing that column. And we networked. I mean, Elisa is a connector like me. Right. So we Mm -hmm. started networking and writing that column led to me interviewing a gal who was a designer out of New York and who was putting on a runway show called Break Free for New York Fashion Week dedicated to mental health and addiction recovery. So Elise and I were we took to New York. Right. And we. We're, we're going to the show and, and I'm writing about these photographers and, and these models and these designers and this um, show creator. And I ended up walking in the fashion show as a model. And that led to further modeling. I mean, just a hilarious ride, an awesome ride of discovery and connecting and having so much fun. And, and who would have thought writing about fashion and sobriety would lead me down all these cool different paths, meeting all these people. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many people. And you know, I'm a person who didn't even have an Instagram account when I got sober in 2018. I was so behind the curve of, of content creation and social media. And I think I purchased my first ring light somewhere around 2020 and fumbled with it to, I mean, to even figure out how to take a selfie right? Because someone has to photograph me in all these awesome clothes. So uh, just recently, I transitioned from writing about fashion to uh, a column that is called You've Been Selected. And that is more shifted toward my nursing career, because I have been an RN in the Pacific Northwest for a little over 22 years. And part of the reason I got sober was that I was placed into a monitoring program for nurses. So my new column uh, is more about a healthcare provider's struggle through recovery and those monitoring programs, what that looks like, what that feels like, because that is um, something that I think a lot of people experience, but I have not read hardly anybody writing about it and being really open about what it feels like professionally to get in trouble and it's been really freeing. And also like tomorrow, I just started in coaching and it's a good outlet to kind of tell my story and, and be really raw and vulnerable about what I've gone through in a way to connect. Cause that's what it's all about. Right. Like you said, we can't do this alone. We have to connect. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's, um, I just love that, that you're writing a column about that and speaking to other um, healthcare providers, especially those in the behavioral health world, though, that are having some kind of um, intervention that lands them in the, the monitoring program. And then the stigma that's there and, and coming back to work, right? And everybody knowing. And um, I love how you are being so honest and vulnerable and authentic. And, and that truly is the way that we connect and then can empower and inspire others 
and and also you know be that place of kind of compassion and empathy that yes i've walked this you can walk this too which is so much what recovery is right that walking shoulder to shoulder with each other and helping those that are coming behind us so i just really love that and i personally can relate to um, I forgot to say, I'm the class of 1994. My, uh, Whoa. Wow. Whoa. It is my first my day. The 90s are back, It's baby. my first day. The 90s are here. back. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that's what goes around comes around. Um, my birthday is May 5th, so Cinco de Mayo. It's always a party. Um, 1994. And um, so that makes, if you're doing the math, that makes it. 29 years um, of continuous uh, recovery. And it wasn't my first rodeo, um, but this it's the time that I stayed. So I'm so grateful for that. And along my path, uh, which also started in a 12 step fellowship and our treatment, but then in community was in a 12 step fellowship uh, and being a sponsee and then a sponsor and speaking at meetings and conferences and conventions and things like that. And then one day my sponsor took me to a church of all places, to the Center for Spiritual Living in Seattle with a bunch of other women. And we went to church and then we went to brunch, which was really the cool part, of course. Um, and, and, and there was like seven of us. And after, I don't know, several weeks or a couple of months, there was like two of us and everybody else was like off, you know, just doing the brunch part. But something about it really spoke to my heart and I found myself starting to take classes and um, people started to say to me, you should consider becoming a spiritual coach. You're really good. You're really good at sharing your personal story and experience and listening to others. And, and so I did. And um, since 2004, I've been a spiritual coach. And then I went further and went to ministerial school and uh, got a master's degree and did all of that. Um, but it's been such a beautiful part of my um recovery journey and way of being of service to have that opportunity to work with other women or other people seeking or in recovery. And it's really interesting because sometimes people would know my story, but not always. And invariably people in recovery or family members or who ended up sitting in front of me, it was like, you know, (laughs) like magnets, like they found me. Um, and it's just been such an incredible, um, piece of my life and is so fulfilling to to get to help women and others find um and then walk through fear right because that's the first part when we start to go towards our purpose of like oh shit this is too big i can't do this who am i to think that i could be x y or z you know and to be able to walk with somebody and just hold that mirror up that you've got this you're magnificent you're exactly who and what is needed. And then, um, you know, get to hear later that, that they've achieved that and are living that and then blessing others in their lives. is like, there's nothing like that. Uh, so I just think it's so interesting. Um, I've heard a term before that's uh, a wounded healer. And I think that really fits for um, people in recovery, right? We've walked through fire and we've come out the other side and, um, part of that journey of continuing to be in recovery is to share what we've experienced and learned and what's worked for us with others and, and help them heal and grow and thrive in their lives. So I just find it fascinating that, um, all of us have like had that 
call and and through the amazing and crazy and wacky circumstances of our lives have have um, you know been of service in that way. Uh, so I just thought that that was really fascinating, and I love um, the idea of your posts and just how that will speak and resonate to so many people that haven't heard your message, Kate. So thank you so much, and thank you, Tamar. Um, for all you're doing as a coach and helping people discover and live their purpose. And Elise, you're helping us discover our fabulousness. What could be better? I, yeah, um, I'm the coach of fabulous. That's exactly right. You like, are. Careful if you, you have a conversation with are. me, because then you'll number one, we'll be best friends. And number yes. two, I will, I will get you to do whatever it is you've been thinking about <laughs> doing. I will shove you right off that ledge. I will just, we're going for it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm what's known as a quick start, so I don't need very much information to get going. And, um, when I was starting this project, I, it it was only a couple of months old. I had, um, a friend of mine who works in, has worked in the, in the media industry for a long time. Look over all my stuff. I was like, is it, is it bad? You know, does it look DIY? (laughs) And she was like, no, no, it's, it's, it's great. But like, what are you going to do when you run out of what are you going to do when you run out of things to talk about? And I was like, oh, that's, Never. it's not going to, it's not going to happen. Like, it's did not going to happen. We met? Like, it's just not going to happen. So it's, um, it's wild to see. And we've tried so many things at the Sober Curator. We've done, we were doing uh, comedy nights on yeah. Clubhouse during the pandemic. We've done in-person events in Seattle. We've done virtual events. Um, we're planning a retreat to Costa Rica in 2024. Ah. So uh, we've done all kinds of things. Um, some of it's been great. Uh, some of it I look back or the memories come up, you know, and I'm like, was I really <laughs> dancing with a mocktail shaker on Instagram? Did that happen? Um, it did, yes. unfortunately, more than once. Uh, did I make a Peeps diorama from 20? 20- eight days i did i'm very proud of it i'm very proud of it so you know it's it's um but it's this whole recovering out loud thing i you know prior to launching the sober curator i i've always been well not always after i got a couple years under my belt in recovery i became a lot more comfortable with anybody knowing the early days i didn't want anybody to know um because as we know the stigma is so very much still there. Um, but over the years, I got a lot more comfortable around it, but I was, I never put it online. I never put it on Facebook. Like if I put it on Facebook, it was like, I would put like the number five and and like Chanel number five, which was really my five year anniversary. But only if you knew me, you would know what I, you know, I was very like, cagey about putting it on the internet because I wanted to be able to control (laughs) what people thought of me. That's hilarious. That's hilarious to say it out loud. And um, so with the Sober Curator, I basically came out of my sober digital closet, so to speak, and, and was literally just putting it all out there. And you know, I just, I, I just go under the assumption that nobody sees it or reads it. I just like, I put it out there. I get, I feel good about whatever it is at the moment. I put it out and then I move on. And I just assume, you know, nobody's going to see it or read it. And, and then, and then they do see it and they do read it. (laughs) And, and, and sometimes you get really great positive feedback and other times not so much. 
Um, but it's been uh, it's been an interesting journey, and I've met some of the coolest people that I would have never met um, if I hadn't had had taken this leap of faith. And you know, we're we're servicing right now. We get about twenty thousand people to the website a month, which feels small when I look at it in comparison to the big numbers I'm used to dealing with in in a media landscape of working for TV stations and magazines. But then when I think about putting 20,000 people in an auditorium and holding their attention for three to five minutes, I'm like, meh, it's not so bad, you know? So, and we just recently did a readership study because, um, you know, the analytics can tell us so many things about geographically where they are, what they're reading, how long they're reading it, all those things, but they can't tell me how long people have been sober. So we did a readership study and we asked, you know, what generation do you identify with? How long have you been sober? What do you like to read? Those kinds of questions. And um, the audience that we serve is not, it's not exactly who I thought it was. You know, I thought I was creating this for me, for the other, <laughs> the other, the other me's out there that had in long-term recovery, meaning well over 10 years. And really what the project is attracting is, is the newcomer. It is definitely a millennial audience. Um, they tend to be zero to five years sober is kind of our sweet spot. And we know that because yeah, after five years, guess what? It gets, it gets harder, not easier. Um, I don't want to ruin it for you. It just, it does, you know, but your problems get classier. So that's, that's, that's a decent, <laughs> decent trade-off. Um, but it's just been, it's been a really interesting ride and I don't exactly know where it's going, but you know, we, uh, we have monthly meetings, virtual meetings with all the sober curators that, that they can, it's totally optional. Everything's always optional, uh, to jump in and participate on. And we talk about what we're working on, or we talk about collaborations. So we've done all kinds of things like last fall when Matthew Perry's memoir was coming out, I was like, okay, I'm definitely reading it. Who else is going to read it? So everybody that decided they were going to read it, we just, we then scheduled a Zoom recording and I was like, let's all dress up as our favorite Friends character. Tamar came as the holiday aardvark. <laughs> she did. She did. So if you want to see that in real life, you have to go check out the Sober Curator YouTube channel and see the Sober Holiday aardvark, aardvark that actually happened. But so, you know, we just keep making up these fun things to do because, yes, at the end of the day, the, we know that the opposite of addiction is is community and being connected and and we like you know it's a group of people that like creating content um and some of it is good not all of it but some of it <laughs> most of it is most excellent most of, it, most of it's pretty good i don't know i go back and i look at pieces now that i did like three years ago and i'm like oh that was terrible. I can't believe. And I did see Kate. I did see your very first post yesterday. I don't know what what I clicked on or why I was there, but I started laughing I can't. so hard. I was like, "What were we doing? Launching a sober fashion column? This is insane." <laughs> I can't. I came across an old column where there's a photo of me wearing all leather, standing on my staircase. I think I'm posing. I look very angry. Maybe someone's at the door. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. <laughs> and it's, it's so awesome that we just got brave and put that stuff out there and didn't know right we took messy action in the beginning we didn't know what we were doing i didn't even know how to use instagram or take a really good selfie i'm digging through my closet i'm getting so inspired every day here i am in all leather on my staircase 
I think it was supposed to look like a serious model pose. I look like an angry weirdo <laughs> in all leather. I mean, <laughs> but it's been such a fun journey, right? And we've just, we've gotten so brave and just put ourselves out there. I used to send off all my columns to Elise with the, the initials for done is better than good because it was like, here, this is done. I can't look at it again. It's probably awful. Just fix it and make it pretty and put it there. And, you know, but what a cool thing to do. And and if I, if I were to give someone advice today, it would be like, just start, right? If you, if you have passion and interest, just start doing it. You're, you're going to be messy. Just start where you are, just like sobriety. It's not going to be perfect in the beginning, but how fun and, and inspirational. And, and she's right. Like we all just love content creation. And I think that's what makes it so fun is that it doesn't feel like we're, we're working. I mean, I, in the beginning, Elise had said, well, the cadence is up to you and how often you write this blog about fashion. And I thought, well, once a month seems like kind of a lot of commitment. Oh, I wrote two a month. You know, I was cranking through, I was shopping, I was posing it. I mean, Jesus, take the wheel on my fashion column, but here we are. So, and I love it. I love looking back on all of that. It's so awesome. Well, and we do have a section of the site, even if you, um, you don't want to become a sober curator because you don't want to, you don't want to commit to once a month, once a week, twice a month, whatever it is, but maybe you have a poem or, or a short essay, or you want to write about your own sober story. We have a, a section of the site called speak out, speak loud, which is exactly for that. Anybody can contribute as a one-time contributor. If they have something that they want to say, um, there's a lot of different things that have ended up in that section. We have a nonprofit recovery guide where we list, um, local to Seattle, as well as national recovery based nonprofits all over the country. Like we're really trying to be this ultimate resource guide that you either can find something that you like or figure out something you want to contribute. Um, but it is a community, but not in the traditional sense of, you know, yes, we've done, we've done a few events and things, but that's not, that's not the real focus. The it's really around the content and I guess sober entertainment for lack of a better word. If anything, we entertain each other. <laughs> right. Oh, we're hilarious. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it Who is a lifestyle. I want to hang out and do stuff with you because you guys are so fun always. <laughs> like anytime the I'm around you and I get to be around you kind of a lot right now. Um, I'm always laughing. It's always fun. And I always am like, I learned something new and my heart is touched. I think it's amazing to have this, um, especially for people that are new um, and in early recovery, because one of the things like for me, at least, and a lot of people I know is like that idea of, you know, if I give up drugs and alcohol, I am going to be so bored. Life is over. Absolutely. Nothing will ever be fun again. And mm -hmm. of course, the, the opposite is true. However, I also remember in those first five years feeling really gawky and like completely shy and like just freaked out by everything. Um, so the fact that like I, I would have loved having the sober curator to connect with and, you know, find things to do and places to go and things to watch. And um, that would have been so helpful to me. So I think it's just amazing. Um that there is this resource um, and it has all different kinds of things. So it really 
you know, there's something for everybody, which I think is fantastic. And as someone with 29 years of recovery, it is still interesting and um, pertinent to me. So I, I think, you know, you can have all kinds of people that are interested in reading and um, interacting with the work that you're doing. Thank you. Well, I don't think, I just don't think sobriety is going to go out of style, right? Because, <laughs> because, because drunk never looks good. It just doesn't, right? It doesn't look good. There's a reason that's the tagline. Like it doesn't look good. And, and, you know, I love to feature sober business owners, whether you're right. selling sober t-shirts or you sell mm-hmm. cookie dough, I don't care. Like, let me know. So if you're listening to this right now and you're a sober business owner and you want us to promote your business, get at us. We want to promote you. Like we want to, we want to, we want, you know, the tide rises all boats. And, right. um, and I love how many different sober Uh, apparel shops there are out there now because there were a lot of really ugly ones when I got sober and I was like I'm never wearing that shirt but now there's some really cute stuff out there Um, and we dabbled for a hot minute you know I did one of those print on demand shops and Kate and I dabbled with making t-shirts and hats and I really had to rethink that when I was meeting a a gal that I sponsor at um, Dave and Buster's and she came running to me across Dave and Buster's wearing a I heart my sponsor t-shirt I was like yeah no no we're not gonna no I don't want to do I don't want to sell t-shirts anymore uh yeah that one bit me that one that came back to bite me in the butt I was not meaning buy the shirt for my yeah anyway um but like it's so fun to see all these different things like I have found sober calendars I know where they are you want to know the best place to get coins I got you you know like it's all there. I've, we've done all the work for you so that you can, you can just go and you can explore all things that you didn't even know you needed in recovery. I got one for you. What's that? What about if you, have you ever done or thought of doing um, a space for recovery friendly employers? Because so that we do. We do. It's so interesting we get to asked say that. about a lot. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, there's one of our sober curators, Sarah, she's a new mom, so she's not super active right now, uh, as you can imagine with a little one, but we, uh, she wants to do a section called sober HR lady. Um, and then I'm working with this gal down in the Denver, Colorado area on, she's trying to put together like, um, a certification or a seal approval right. that a, a company could, could get to say, yes. we support recovery in the workplace and like, and I've done a lot of um, presentations. Uh, I did a couple with Primera over the years, uh, insurance on rethinking drinking in the workplace, um, virtual events. And I've got, we've got all kinds of tricks and tools for navigating the workplace as a person in recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think there's a space for that. Uh, even places like um, Salesforce, I don't know if you know Salesforce, they have an organization within their group called Soberforce. And it is for people that self-identify as being in recovery um, that work in Salesforce. So there's a lot of really cool things happening out in the world, which is why the Sober Curator is needed more than ever, because people have to know where to find it all. Exactly. We, um, the WRA and KCRC were part of a conference, like a one-day conference that was held here at the W Hotel a few years ago. Um, that was recovery-friendly fl- workplaces, and they had, uh, I think Hazelden Betty Ford may have put it on. They had um, 
places from Las Vegas and a few other um, states where they had actively done a lot of work around this and come up with programs and were working with different employers. And then we had a local panel of, um, I think Amazon was there and our friend John uh, representing Amazonians in recovery and some other things like that. And it was just such a great um, coming together of people with lived experience and employers that want to get more understanding of how to be supportive of their employees in recovery. I think it um, definitely is great. That seal of approval idea is something we thought of too, like to be able to have a way to designate that there are these spaces and places that will hire you and be providing, you know, that supportive environment and, um, you know, respect and care, um, in the workplace. Yeah. You know, I admire anyone that chooses to recover out loud. I also completely respect anyone who chooses to not, right. To keep it, to to stay anonymous. I I respect both walks without a doubt. Um, but we are seeing more and more, more trends happening in the workplace around in this area. And, you know, so much business happens over drinks. So it's even like, okay, if you're, if you're going to keep having all the happy hours, at least have options that are not just coffee and water for the non-alcoholic drinkers. Right. Because that's the equivalent of putting us at the kid's table. Um, when you give us the styrofoam Dixie cup, like, come on, I should have a pretty class too. I just don't want booze in it. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be that hard, you know? And I do think that, you know, the trends that we're seeing and with millennials and Gen Z drinking less, I think, Mm -hmm. and I, it's a bold statement, but I, I stand behind it. It, I I think a decade from now, a decade from now, people are going to look at drinking the way they currently look at smoking. Still a lot of people smoking, but it's kind of like people kind of look down on it, right? Because people are becoming so health conscious, which which is a great thing. Um, But I think that's the way that we're going to see things going. And you see these sober bottle shops and sober bars and events popping up all over the place. And there's, you know, sober morning raves. I just saw the one, the daybreakers (laughs) coming back to Seattle in October. I mean, there's all kinds of things if you go and look for it. So yeah, sober sobriety is not boring. It's, it's very much the opposite of that. Yeah. And one of the things I've noticed is that I came from a corporate world and the first few years I wanted to keep it private. I didn't want to talk about it because of that stigma, but I would travel a lot on the road. And I found that once I actually started opening up about it, because, you know, I would have to go to these happy hours and people are like, Hey, you're not drinking. I'm like, I'm a retired professional and people would laugh, but then inevitably I'd get somebody at the table that would come and sit beside me at some point in the evening and say, Hey, I think I drink a little too much. What's your story? And it would just like start these amazing conversations where, you know, when you, and that's when I was, you know, more inspired to talk out loud and recover out loud is because I thought, why am I hiding this? You know, and the more I talk about it, the more even I've heard business owners say, I love hiring people in recovery because they are the hardest working people that I know. And I love that people are saying that because we are go-getters. I mean, you know, there's a lot of sober entrepreneurs and business owners out there that do amazing things because like, it's almost like we have something to prove now. Like, you know, we've made it through a lot. And so, I mean, we're, we're 
great workers. <laughs> Most of us. Absolutely. We're reliable and accountable. And often uh, we're practicing principles like honesty and integrity, right? And being of service. So uh, we are, we are known as wonderful employees. We, we take a lot less sick days too. Yes. <laughs> than we used to, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the random diseases I used to have when I was drinking. I used to make up all these these reasons why I couldn't come to work. I had incurable diseases that were cured within a few days a lot of the times. Yeah. Well, you are a walking miracle. I am. I am. Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been so fun, Heather. Thank you for having us on. Um, if anybody wants to check out The Sober Curator, it's thesobercurator.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. There is an account on, on TikTok, but there's there's no reason to go there. It's I'm not. Yeah, there's no reason to go to the TikTok, um, especially because I just called it the TikTok. So that shows how old I am. But, um, but yes, we have. We have an email newsletter that sometimes I remember to send things out to, but we, um, yeah, we're very loose. We're very loose publication, but um, we don't really like rules or anything like that, but we're probably producing four to seven pieces of new content a week. Um, And so there's stuff, there's new stuff all the time. We have a few things that are weekly, like um, the sober tarot card readings. We have sober horoscopes once a month. We have a new uh, sober sports section. And, you know, we just, we just wrapped recovery day at the Mariners and, um, we, the sober sports writer did an interview with, um, section yellow, um, which is, uh, uh, Wisconsin, uh, cheese, whatever that football team is called. Sorry. I'm not super sporty, which is why I'm not doing the sports section, but there's a section at the, that football stadium where it's a sober section. Right. And people know when you buy tickets in that section that you get to come and tailgate and be sober. And so the fact that we're seeing all of this everywhere, I think just shows that, um, we're, I mean, I still think we're at the very beginning of this wave. I really do. I really do. And now I think it's a little messy out there too. And Tamara and I and, and Kate have all had a lot of conversations about this because, you know, when you see sober coaches out there on Instagram that have 80,000 followers, but, uh, they're, you know, 35 minutes sober. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> you know, sure. so Yikes. there's, there's a, there's, there's a lot of not great content out there too. Yeah. So, so, you know, we try to the best of our ability to vet through everything that goes on the site. And we also put trigger warnings around things and like use your best judgment. And, you know, because there's it, there still is a lot to sift through. There's a lot to sift through. Um, but I think we're showing that you can have a good time in sobriety. And the one thing I also want to add that has been intentional is you will not see treatment center ads on the site. You won't. You won't see that and that you will typically see those in other in other sites. And it's not because I'm anti-treatment center. I went to one. It's because I wanted a space where we could consume the content we want to consume without feeling so targeted Hmm. by the kinds of people that we're trying to get our 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 money and our attention. Does that make sense? So I've had a lot of arguments with people about it, too, that they think that I should allow treatment center ads. And I'm like, "Mm, no, 
it's okay. I'd rather be broke. Um, you know, I guess it just is what it is. <laughs> but it's it's intentional. Like we've intentionally made this the site playful and fun, and so it at least feels like it's a safe place to be. It's wonderful. It's such a gift for our entire recovery world. Thank you, all of you, for the work you're doing and um, the way you are blessing our world. Um, I'm going to just, before I forget, say a little recovery in the news um, blurb. And at least I'm going to pass to you uh, for a part of it. Um, So this is going to air later in September. And if you're in King County, um, there is an in-person recovery art show that is hanging at Van Studio Salon, which is on 1st in Seattle. It's in Belltown. And... um, the art will be hanging uh, starting this Friday uh, for two months. Uh, it will be participating in the Belltown Art Walk this Friday evening uh, from 6 to 9 o'clock. You can go and cheer on all the artists in recovery. There's also poetry. And then again in October, it will be on the Friday, the second Friday. I think it's October 13th, again from 6 to 9 p.m. And there will be refreshments, non-alcoholic, of course. Um, so that's something fun to do with your recovery posse and is really wonderful to go, you know, just support the people that are being vulnerable and putting their creative expression out there. The theme is, um, healing through connection. And the other event I want to speak to, um, and I'd love to pass to Elise is recovery cafes standing in the gap. Yes, Heather, standing in the gap for the recovery cafe is Thursday, the 21st. Uh, it's on the Seattle Center campus. You can go to their website and get information. We will also include information in the show notes, as well as if you're ever looking for things to do uh, in this greater Seattle area, there is a Seattle section of the Sober Curator. And so if you have an event that you want me to place in that section, please reach out. It's thesobercurator at gmail.com. And then I try to put as many events that I am aware of uh, in that section. So you can look for details there. Fantastic. And if you have any recovery news that you'd like us to share, small or large, local or national, you can send me a line at heather at kcrecovery.org. So I would just love to share um, my gratitude for our guests today and for such a um, being willing to come on such short notice, um, Elise Bryson and Tamar Medford and Kate Vitella of The Sober Curator. I'd also like to thank our production team, Work P2P and King County Behavioral Health and Recovery Division for helping to make this podcast possible. Until next time, be well. I'm Heather Venegas. Thanks for listening to King County Recovery Conversations, a place to celebrate recovery and help break the stigma of addiction and mental health. If you or a loved one are experiencing substance use disorder, problem gambling, and or a mental health challenge, please visit the Washington Recovery Helpline at warecoveryhelpline.org for resources and a 24-hour helpline. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Special thanks to our production team at Work P2P Studios. If you'd like to share your recovery journey with us, please email me at heather at kcrecovery.org. 
We'll be back in two weeks with another story of hope, resilience, and healing. Thank you.